Welcome to the Inspiring Word Broadcast Ministry. We hope this selection will establish or encourage your walk with the Lord. Please direct any comments or questions to me, Dr. Terry Cheek, using the links on our webpage. Thank you, and on to your selection. Exodus chapter 14, beginning with verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the dry sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Now move with me down to verse 30. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord, and believed the Lord and his servant, Moses. We are at the Red Sea. God has freed Israel from bondage of Egyptians. He had raised up Moses to be their leader and to lead them out of that captivity. Of course, we know that Pharaoh had refused to let them go and he had to suffer the ten plagues that were given to him. Then he not only agreed to let them go, he insisted that Moses take them and leave. Well, they did. But then Pharaoh used that as an excuse. He formed his army and gathered them and took off in pursuit of Israel. Now, when we think of Israel, we think of uh, 10,000 people or something like that that's marching across the desert. No, there were many more. Actually, it is believed that there were 2 million people leaving Egypt. That's how big the Hebrew nation was as it was leaving and fleeing. And here Moses was one man leading 2 million people across the desert with the Egyptian army behind them pursuing them. God takes them into a box canyon, if you will. There's mountains on either side. The Red Sea is in front of them. The Egyptian army is behind them. There they stand, surrounded. Two million people, and all of them are now getting anxious. They're getting fearful. They're frustrated. They're crying out to God, if you were going to kill us, Why didn't you kill us in Egypt? Why bring us out here to the seashore? And they started pointing a finger at Moses. And they started telling Moses and accusing Moses of not knowing. You don't know what you're doing. What's going on? You you bring us uh, through all of these plagues and you bring all of the problems on to us that you did in Egypt. And then when they let us go, the army is right behind us, and here we are, we can't go anywhere. Frustration and fear was mounting. God took his pillar of cloud, a cloud of a pillar that he had used to guide them, and he moved it behind them. And he used it to slow down the Egyptian army. And not only that, if you go and if you read all of chapter 14, you will see there was an angel that God had sent with that to slow them down as well. God was working in the midst of all of this fear, 
in the midst of all of the misunderstanding, in the midst of all of the frustration, in the midst of all of the confusion, God was working. And this morning I have three takeaways of this passage I want to share with you. Because all of us, myself included, all of us, have moments in life when we are fearful. All of us have moments in life where we're frustrated. All of us have moments in life where we're, we don't understand what's going on and we may have cried out to God and we don't understand and we don't know where God is and what's going on in our lives and, and we're questioning God. Ladies, y'all come on in. Now, she didn't make it this morning. She, she, she had a, she injured her hip. And she didn't think that she'd be able to navigate the steps going up and down. There are chairs here. If you'd like these chairs, I can move and y'all can sit down sit over here. Okay, that's fine. Hello, ma'am. How are you? But we have, we have moments where we too have fear. We too have frustrations. We too question God. I'll stand here this morning and I will tell you, I have had moments in my life when I have questioned God. When I have asked Him, where are you? And you may think, well, a preacher shouldn't do that. You know, we may be called into the ministry and we may have that, you know, that gifting upon our hearts and upon our lives. But understand this, the same temptations then and the same difficulties and the same problems that you face in life, we face. And there are times that God allows things to happen in our life that he doesn't tell us what's going on either. It's called faith. We have to learn to live by faith. And these things that were happening to Israel here while they were standing at the Red Sea and they were surrounded everywhere. They had nowhere to go. It was to build their faith. So I want, like I said, I want to share with you three takeaways this morning. First, I want you to see that when God parted the waters, he provided a way forward, not an escape. God doesn't run from anything. God doesn't escape anything. God doesn't allow his people to escape. But he moves us forward. When, when God parted the Red Sea and he, and Moses stretched out his hand in faith. Verse 21 tells us that plainly. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back. Moses held out his hand over that water, and God acted on Moses' faith and separated that water. Now, when we think about that, put yourself in this situation. Uh, you, you, Someone said earlier that they had been down toward Kannapolis, they'd lived down toward Kannapolis and Charlotte. The Catawba River down there looks much different than it looks up here. Much different. Much larger. Much larger. Much deeper. Imagine standing on the banks of the Catawba River. And you're standing there and you've got hills on either side. You can't go anywhere. And you've got an enemy closing into the back. And God parts that water. 
and there's a wall of water on the right and a wall of water on the left, and there's a wind that would blow all night long. And in the morning when you woke up, it was dry ground. But imagine the faith that it would take to walk through that. An unknown height of water on either side just held there by wind that we saw. But that's the way forward. That's the way forward. That is the way to where God had opened up their future. Think about your future right now, right here this morning. What waters are God, is God parting in front of you and making a way for you to move forward in your life, but it is a way that you are fearful to walk because you just don't understand the direction that God may be taking you. Have faith. That's not just some words to throw out there on the table this morning. It's words of experience that I share with you. Having faith in God's way, in God's forward progress, will only help you. Yes, it may look frightening because it's different. Yes, it may may be something that you don't understand, but realize this, God did not hold a meeting with Moses and tell him what he was planning on doing. Moses himself did not understand what God was doing, but he was trying to lead Israel by faith. God's asking that very same thing in our lives today. Not to think of a way, not to think of God moving in our life as an escape from anything, but to think of God moving in our life as a way forward. A way forward to a better life. A way forward to promises that are going to be fulfilled. A way forward to a better relationship with Him. A way forward in knowing Him through His Son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior, if we don't already know that. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning, that's the first step in moving forward. If you do know Him as your Lord and Savior today, then you've already taken that first step. Now put that into practice and go through those parted waters that He's done in your life because God has a leader out there for, to put you in, to put you in, in cooperation with, to put you, uh, in, in, in fellowship with that can help you move forward. And that leader may be someone inside of this facility. It may be someone in, in this county that God's put in front of you that can help give you the encouragement and the strength that you need to say, yes, I'm going to move forward. There are opportunities out there for you, for each one of you, that God has opened up. Now, I don't know your lives, but I know God, and I know His faithfulness. There are opportunities that He has opened up for. What are you going to do with them? Just as Israel stood right there on that seashore. Two million of them. They had two options. They could go forward the path that God had opened. Or they could stay right where they were and die.
Because the enemy was coming. The enemy is closing in on each one of us. The enemy is not our neighbors. The enemy is not a foreign country. The enemy is not a government. The enemy is the devil. Satan himself. He is subtly and quietly and very strategically putting together a way to close in on you and to bring the world into your back door and to try to drag you and pull you back into the nightmares, back into the bondage, back into the problems and the difficulties that God has already brought you from. That's what the enemy wants to do. God wants to move you forward. Number two, the second takeaway is when God parted the waters, he hindered the enemy. As we're sitting here this morning, the enemy is trying to hinder everything that's going on in your life. The enemy is trying to stop it. The enemy is trying to keep you from moving forward. The enemy, the devil, is trying to get into your business. Trying to stop it. God is putting you, putting you in a spot to go forward. I think I might have shared this illustration one time. When you get into your car or into a vehicle and you get ready to drive away, you get ready to drive off and you look out, you've got a large windshield and side windows around where you can see about 270 degrees all the way around what's coming at you and where you're going. Uh, but up in the windshield, you've got a small mirror that lets you see where you've just came from. That mirror is up there for a purpose. It's up there to show you what you have left behind, where you have just came from, and what may be trying to come up on you from the rear. It's not made for you to turn around and try to drive the car with it. If we tried to drive the car with the rear view mirror, problems are going to happen. God wants us to not be looking back over our shoulder all the time of our life, but he does want us to be aware that there may be something sneaking up on us from behind, but he wants us to be looking ahead. He wants us to be looking at where he's pointing us and where he's directing us, what he's taking us to, which is to a better life with him, which is to a better progress, a, a better opportunity all the way around with him. God has some very special things planned for you. I don't know what they are, but I know from experience, if we spend time looking at the rearview mirror and worrying about it, wanting to always be looking back at where we came from and not be concerned more about where we're going and where God's taking us, we're going to have problems in life. The enemy is going to make us trip. The enemy is going to make us stumble. The enemy is going to make us fall. Because we're not going to be paying attention. We're not going to be looking in the right direction at the right time. Just as he wants to take us forward and just as he wants to stop the enemy that's behind us and he will stop that enemy as long as we pay attention to him, as long as we let him guide us and lead us. Here lies the problem. 
Sometimes we get to thinking about the old life. Sometimes we get to thinking about the way things were. And sometimes we get to missing them. Sometimes we stop and we want to kind of go back toward Egypt. As I told you, if you read chapter 14, you'll get the full story about this. There were actually some of the people in Israel, they were wanting to go back to Egypt. They were wanting to go back. They were, they were saying, you know, things are getting too difficult. Things aren't as easy as I thought it was going to be. I just as soon leave this right here and go back to where I came from. We've got to be careful and not fall into that trap. The past is the past. We've been saved from it. We've been redeemed from it. We have been called to move forward with the direction of the Lord and, and, and His mighty hand. He never promised it to be easy. But He did promise to be faithful. And He promises to withhold the enemy from behind us. If we'll just look here. The third takeaway, when God parted the waters, He made clear His purpose. When Moses stretched forth his staff, God moved. He not only parted the waters, but he dried the ground. He, made, he dried the ground for a safe passage. God's purpose was clear. He was saying, follow me and follow me this way. Walk across on dry ground. When God opens up waters in your life and he parts them, He's going to make the way to travel obvious. It may not be without faith. And he may make you go through some fearful situations. Others have. Remember the story of Daniel and the fiery furnace? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were faithful to God. They wouldn't even eat food to come from the king's table. Well, in the process of not bowing down to the king and worshiping him as God, they brought a death penalty on them. And the king said, if you don't do this, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace along with the rest of the people who won't worship me. And they still wouldn't do it. So the king ordered the furnace to be stoked hotter and hotter. And then they threw the three into the fiery furnace and someone looked in and they saw a fourth person there a person that was likened to the Son of Man, which would have been Jesus. Now God could have just smote the king right there and killed him and got rid of him and stopped the whole process. Why did God allow those three to be thrown into the fire? Faith. Yes. God may not keep you from getting thrown into the fire. But he'll walk with you when you get there. He'll go with you. Just as he went with those three. Think of Joseph. This is, this, this is how Israel wound up in Egypt. Think of Joseph. Joseph was sold into slavery by his family. Out of jealousy. They sold him into slavery. And he wound up in Egypt. Well, as he wound up in Egypt, then he got there and he gained favor in, in Potiphar's house and he started working in Potiphar's house. 
where Potiphar's wife took a liking to Joseph. And Potiphar's wife started chasing Joseph. Joseph would have no trouble or no thing, nothing of it. And he ran and she grabbed him by the coat and she had a hard cap article of his clothing, his coat. And then she cried rape. And she had Joseph thrown into prison. Now God could have intervened and God could have stopped every bit of that. But he didn't. He allowed Joseph to get thrown into prison because he had a purpose for that. For seven years, Joseph stayed in prison as an innocent man while God was working with him. God had influence in that prison over him. And then when he freed him and got him out, then Joseph wound up going back to work in the king's house and it was there and because of that influence that he brought his family down. His family, because of a famine, he got re reunited with his family. He was restored. The family was restored. And because of that, then the rest of Abraham's family and Abraham's kindred was invited to come to Egypt and live there through the famine and offer the saved food that Joseph had been put in charge of. There's a purpose in what God allows in our life. And that purpose is to bring us closer to Him. That purpose is to make us be obedient to Him through faith. Through faith. So this morning, the three takeaways that I leave you with, He will provide a way forward for you and not an escape. He will hinder the enemy as long as you're following that way forward. As long as you're doing things his way and being faithful, he will hinder the enemy from behind. And he always has a purpose regarding and regardless of the frustration you may have, regardless of the fear you may have, regardless of the lack of understanding you may have. He always has a purpose for you. And everything that's happening in your life is happening to bring you through that purpose and to bring you to a closer walk with you. So this morning as we close, I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about the waters that God may be parting for you and how he may be directing you forward. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the privilege of being in this home this morning. Thank you so much for being able to share your word. Lord, I pray that it draws us all closer to you. And I pray that we all look at our lives differently, that we look at the circumstances and the difficulties differently. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you open doors, you part waters, that you show us your purpose. Heavenly Father, I pray that you keep the enemy held back. And when it is in your time and your will, I pray that you destroy that enemy so that we never have to worry with it again. Heavenly Father, as we depart and go our way, I ask that you be with every request again, be with every heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.